Hello and welcome to this week's Sports Girls podcast. A quiet weekend in ladies Gaelic football, but we have reaction from the relegation game between Cabin and Westmeath. Our guest this week is Director of Golf at Glasson Lake House, a lady of many talents and one of the people behind the successful amateur golf competition, the International Kings Cup. It's Lynn McCool. So we start with Gaelic Games and in the TG Carr All-Ireland Ladies Senior Football Championship relegation playoff, Cavan won 13, Westmeath won 9. So Cavan retained their Senior Championship status for another year and unfortunately Westmeath are relegated back to the intermediate. After the game, I spoke to Westmeath manager Michael Finneran and Cavan forward Ashton Gilsonen. Michael, it's absolutely heartbreaking. Both sides really went at it today and unfortunately there had to be one winner, one loser, and Westmeath back again into intermediate. Yeah, um, you've it summed up fairly well there. There had to be a winner, had to be a loser. Um, uh, listen, we're, we're heartbroken. The girls there are, are heartbroken. I haven't got a chance to get in to talk to them yet, but it, and it's going to be that's going to be a tough dress one to go into. Um, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I've been beating this same drum all year, but I'll say the same thing again, and that I'm very proud of them. You know. And yeah, any Westmead supporter, all they can ask for is that they have a team that goes out and gives their best. And anyone here today would have seen they worked worked their socks off, you know, really did. And to get over the line, we probably needed a bit of luck, all right. And you could argue that that went the other way, and you can we could go down the road of arguing on a, a few key decisions that gave them freeze. But listen, they they kicked I think 113 at the end of the day, and probably deserved winners. We didn't get out, we didn't get enough attacks because. We felt we could hurt them when we got the ball up there, but we just didn't get enough of it. And listen, it's a tough one. It's a tough one to take, um, and the girl, I'm devastated for the girls, um, but they'll bounce back. It is tough because you do so much to get up from intermediate to senior, yeah. and then you don't have a chance really because you're put in a tough group. You were away in both games, and then you had this against a team that would be quite seasoned. Yeah, yeah. Listen. The- They've been senior for a while for a reason, you know. They've been in this kind of scrap before, and they have um, the experience to get out of it, and they they're well conditioned outfit. And um, we were up against it all right, but we put out put up our best fight. Listen, it was on the bigger picture, it's tough. They came up from the Westmead have come up from intermediate last year, but there's a like if you look at the panel today compared to the panel 12 months ago, you know, it's completely different. So it's it's in, in a sense. A lot of people are saying it's a rebuilding job, and I suppose and that's true to an extent. And and you're asking a lot of girls who are coming in. We have a lot of girls making their debuts this year, and do you know it's really um, you're being thrown in at the deep end. And now they didn't fully sink like in fairness. They fought and fought and fought in fairness, and it's a great place, a great grade to be learning at. But there, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people who'd argue that. Um, um, that uh, intermediate level might be a better level for them to develop back going forward. Plenty has been made about the fact that um, Westmeath lost so many players when one reason or another. Mm-hmm. So going in there, you knew how tough it was going to be in some ways. But as you said, it was about rebuilding. Yeah, yeah. Listen, we we get, we got in there and whatever in December, and it's just about taking the panel we have and trying to bring them to the next level, and that's. That's where we're at. And we, we were starting at a low level compared to the senior teams, all right. Um, but I would argue that we the, this group have come a long way since January. Now, if you if you had been watching us back in January or even at our sessions in January, it's a huge improvement up to now. You know, so they have been improving. But the the tough part of it is, and the harsh reality of it is, that we're at senior level and you, there's just um, no room for her and. That's what we got caught out and very proud of the girls and I do feel they are building and going the right direction. Sarah Dillon done most of your scoring, but your goalkeeper, Kira Faulkner, she really was a little terror in those goals. She did really well, cut out a, a few tricky looking long balls coming in, a few good saves, strong kick out. Yeah, she, she was very good, but all through, listen, I, I would say I could pick out 14, 15 others, you know, who really worked their socks off. Sarah, they have yeah, something Harry as they did today, your team. They did, yeah, yeah, and that's all you, all you can ask for, all you can ask for. They really fought their socks off. Um, yeah, all throughout, so still very proud of them. Ashleen, heartbreak against Mio, heartbreak against Tipperary. So I suppose in some ways, third time lucky. You're probably thinking your luck changed today, but you played well. Yeah, no, I think we made it hard for ourselves probably in the first half, but then dug deep and thank God got the win. And I suppose it wasn't a great atmosphere after the Mayo game. Felt that we should have got a 
a win and maybe a draw at least and then Tipperary just were the better team on the day unfortunately so I think just happy with the win today. How was it after that tip game to kind of you know you were hit so late on to try and rebuild things and focus on a massive game like today? We're very lucky with the management we have I suppose they're very good to lift the spirits and stuff and just kind of take a minute away and get away from the whole thing I suppose it was really heartbreaking it was like a, a deja vu from last year against Mon in the last game of the championship so I think it was just we said to ourselves we didn't want to go down to the media we're a good enough team or we should have been in the quarter final this year but just the luck of the draw we didn't so I think it was just about getting performance and once we got the performance things would go in place for us Today that would have been a boxing match I'd say it might have been called <laughs> off at half time you did everything bar score but yeah. you went in you got those couple of scores though near half time and the lead was two points going in at the break and that's what you needed yeah exactly we were I suppose we were trying to force it maybe going for the goals but uh, look, the luck I suppose got us in the second half and they started going between the posts thank God <laughs> was wind a factor or maybe were you rushing your shots a bit too much or I suppose when they went four points ahead you are probably wondering when we are going to get our first score was it yeah, I think it's probably a bit with us, we, we start to panic ourselves and, and I suppose once you get the first score you kind of get into it, thankfully we did and just kept popping them over. So That's exactly it. Um, when you look at the game, it wasn't until the 48th minute that you took the lead for the first mm. time and it was a case of you were not going to let that go. No, definitely not. We, we're a really good bunch and you know we have a lot of girls coming up, like you look at our minors and 16s and all them teams winning Ulsters and fantastic players. So I think definitely in Calvin just we really want to build on that and keep getting more players and young players into the panel and, and developing the girls. And yet it was, when you look at the goal, um, we won't call an old head, we'll go a sure person, <laughs> Yes, um, Geraldine. Yeah, no, Geraldine is brilliant when you come in those situations, doesn't panic and brought it around the goalkeeper and got into the net eventually, thank God. <laughs> you mentioned about your management team and there is something about um, Jerry. He's kind of infectious, isn't he, really? Um, yeah, I know, look, the lads are lads Maybe are he's different now with <laughs> training, yeah, sorry. I know, he's, um, no, the lads are brilliant and, you know, they're just, I think in a management setup, if you have your comfortable around them and are able to talk to them I think it just makes it easier and you want to play for them more and more and the lads have been brilliant the last few years and unfortunately I suppose we haven't got a full run out with the league and stuff so we're hoping next year get a full run out because they're a brilliant bunch of lads. Do you feel maybe the fact that you've played senior football for so many years and you've been in this situation before that it helped you in some ways compared to Westmead who had so many changes from last year? I wouldn't say it helped us, I'd say we're just probably more frustrated at the fact that for I don't know how many years running we've been in relegation so we're, I think we just really want this year to be different but unfortunately it wasn't so I think it was just more of a motivation the fact the two teams going down and, and we want to make sure that we weren't one of them. Play well now. Yeah, yeah no, Longford I have to say is, a, is definitely a, a great pitch to play on so thank God it, it came out good in the end today. So now at least you can look forward now to uh, next year and then I suppose for yourselves as well, I know it's a good bit ahead but looking ahead you're looking to get out of Division 2. Yeah, definitely the aim next year is pushing Division 2, getting out of Division 2 and pushing for the Ulster Championship because we are up with one of those girls on our day so it's uh, it's about kind of pushing and hopefully getting into the quarterfinal maybe next year. Six years ago, the first International Kings Cup took place at the Luck Earn Estate in Fermanagh. It was between Team Ireland and Team USA. Two weeks ago, another successful competition was held in Glasson Lake House where Team USA defeated Team Ireland. I was extremely lucky to be part of the media coverage of the event and got to know the remarkable Lynn McCool. Last week I sat down for a chat with the Tyrone woman. Lynn McCool, we're down in the beautiful Glass and Lake House, another King's Cup over with. You are very much the lady behind the King's Cup competition. How did you get involved in it? Well, it started over six years ago and I was very fortunate enough to know Mr. Palmer over in Bay Hill and I knew some of the people that worked with him and the head of his company contacted me one time and said, you know, Lynn, there's a tournament in the United States. It's called the, the US Golf Challenge it's the largest pairs better ball golf tournament and their prize is going to be for the team a trip to Ireland so he says you know I'm going to hook you up with a guy called Larry Lunsford and I was telling them he said you know that they should go where Lynn is mm. so I was based in Loch Iron at the time and, and um, I picked up the phone with Larry and we got talking and obviously you know it was going to be a great venue for them to come to then he told me they were like the best pairs better ball in each handicap category and he kept saying the best and you know the the different age brackets and uh, and he said would you get a few people to play us and, and I burst out laughing and I said so uh, so you're the best in America and he goes yeah <laughs> and we want to bring them to Ireland and I says 
well, I tell you what, I'll do one better than that and I'll go out across Ireland and get an Irish team. And that's what we did and we were very unfortunate. I was up in the north of Ireland at the time and the tourist board got mm. really behind it. We ran it there for a number of years and then obviously I moved here. In fact, we brought it to Bay Hill in 2019 and that was beautiful because Mr. Palmer's family came out, stood by the first tee, watched the players go off and they actually wrote to us and said it was one of the greatest tributes to their father. And uh, that, you know, that was very touching that we had created this amazing event. And then in the last two years now, it's been here at Glass and Lake House. And yes, we've just finished the last one there and it was amazing. It went as good as ever. It was brilliant. Uh, I have to say now, I wouldn't have been a massive golf fan, but obviously I follow golf. And it was just, for me, even down here covering it, it was just an experience of a lifetime. How did you get in with Mr. Arnold Palmer? Well, I used to go to Bay Hill every year. Um, I, I do know that when I was in the K Club, uh, and I hadn't met him at this stage, I was asked to write a, a putting article for his Kingdom magazine. And, and that's a beautiful magazine and uh, that he has. I mean, Mr. Palmer has so many companies. And, uh, and, and so I wrote the article and for some reason drew a lot of attention uh, for something I had written uh, about the backstroke. And, uh, and, and that was great. And then I got to stay in touch with the guys that looked after that magazine. And, and then each year I went to Bay Hill. And I just don't know what happened, but I got introduced to Mr. Palmer. You're Irish, that's right. Brian, Brian Dorn, yeah. And Brian Dorn was the Dr. Golf. And we just really hit it off. And then each year that I returned, I always got to meet him, sit down with him, have a chat with him. And then it became a real joke. And, you know, I was there with my husband one year. We were at checkout and uh, the guy came and says, Mr. Palmer would like you to go to his uh, sponsor's day, to play in his sponsor's day. And this was all the people that sponsored uh, pages in the magazine. And so you have massive companies there, massive. I was just like, oh no, we're just traveling around America. And he, they were like, Lynn, he wants you to play. And so we changed our plans. Uh, I decided not to go to the cocktail party because I didn't have any dresses with me. I just had the shorts and I was in Florida enjoying myself. And that was on the Sunday night. But we, we came down from Innisbrook on the Monday morning and we went in to register for the tournament. And uh, talk about being spoiled. Um, the guys brought us in. They said, Lynn, uh, you know, we're going to give you a few extra things. And I got that much stuff between sunglasses, shirts, my husband was there too, he got belts, we got everything. Uh, then we had to go and buy one of those big golf carry covers to get everything home. So, uh, And we went out and played golf with, with some of the people in his company and it was one of the greatest days. You did a video which I thought was brilliant before the golf started here and um, you had some of the top class players wishing both teams the best of luck, including Jack Nicholas. Yeah, I mean, that has just been fantastic. Um, it's sort of a, a tradition that at the opening ceremony, I always try and surprise even the organisers from uh, the United States. This year, we exceeded all expectations. I don't know what we're going to be doing next year. We'll either have to get them to attend the event. I have to say, Potter Carrington has been a real ambassador. He's been a real good guy. He's always done something yeah. for the event. Paul McGinley has done it a couple of years. And this year, I just decided... Uh, you know, they have in golf with Arnold Palmer. He obviously was one of the greatest uh, golfers in the world. And he's the guy that set the bar for so many people uh, like Tiger Woods and that being commercially successful through golf. And uh, for me, it was called the big three, Gary Player, Jack Nicklaus and, and Mr. Palmer. And I just set it out and I just wrote to them, actually, and just wrote a nice letter. Um, I got a message back from the Nicholas party to say that my email, uh, my letter had actually gone to one of his other organizations, but it so happened that somebody kindly in that office sent it to his home office. When they got to read it, they were really touched by what we were doing in Mr. Palmer's honor. Denise, I couldn't believe this, right? Um, they sent me a video, but not only a video, they actually put pictures of Mr. Palmer and Jack Nicholas playing golf together. And this really went off, and they actually did that themselves. So when we put it up that night on the Monday night at the opening ceremony, that, that was coming from Mr. Nicholas's office. Yeah. Yeah, because you sent the video to me, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, you Park Harrington and McGinley. But then I was like, 
the final one was Nicholas it was just brilliant it, it was just amazing and you know I'm so thankful to Gary Player as well because uh, his was funny yeah. you know and uh, I, in my letter to him I said you know maybe you might give a, a fitness tip uh, to, to the players because he's really mad into his fitness mm. and what he said was just uh, amazing he just you know it was like Lynn at that age and everything you're yeah. not going to get these guys to change their minds so I mean it was just for me I could see the two Americans they were the organisers uh, Bob and Pat they were nearly in tears I'm, I'm quite proud uh, it was something you know we had Jim Nance as well on the video and these people recognise what an event we've grown and uh, it was great for our sponsors too you know we had Medell Healthcare there we had Integro there and we had Glenmuir and the Hidden Heartlands were there and everyone knew when they were sitting at the tables that this is quite a special event and I'm just delighted that it's getting the recognition that it's been given and and it's going to grow and grow and grow because I don't think many people realise it's the best amateur players in America which has got a massive population against the best amateurs in this little small country of ours, Ireland. For me, you know, it's hard. Some people say, oh, I never heard of it or how do you hear about it? It's only growing... um you know, through time. And uh, this is not an easy tournament to promote because this tournament appeals to every level of golfer, right? So you have your scratch golfers between zero and 4.9 handicap. You have your next stage 5.9 to 10 and then 10 to 15 handicap and 15 plus. So it's every level of golfer, right? But then it's quite unique because in each of those handicap, what we call divisions, there's uh, any age, open age, 18 plus, or over 55s. Anybody that's sitting at home that may be playing golf, you know, 60 odd years of age, plays off an 18 handicap, they can play yeah. in this event. And because there's so many divisions and age brackets, when we host our qualifiers, so we went to Castle Warden this year, we went to Dundrum House, went to Donegal Golf Club, and we went to Castle Rock Golf Club. But people be surprised, you could have a field of 120 golfers, but because there's so many categories and divisions, you might only have have five or six in any one of those divisions yeah. and one of the actual hardest ones would be to fill has been the, the senior championship that's where the guys are over 55 and they're they're combined handicap and must fall when it's halved between zero and 4.9 that's been the difficult one to fill but the rest of them well they're all they're all coming out all trying to get on this team so because it is a massive honor to say and even talking to the guys last week you know some of them obviously played for their counties but to say that they played for their country represented ireland i'm very fortunate i i managed to play uh, you captained them the first year yeah i sure did yeah yeah and i like to share it out a little bit <laughs> with cormac this year it was great but you know i played for ireland myself actually as a 13 year old and uh, i got on the irish team under 18 team I remember being selected and, and, and nearly falling off the, the stool in Mallow Golf Club because I was saying prayers for the older girls to get on the team. And I know what it's like to play international golf and what it means. And, you know, I continued to do that right up into my 20s. And it's such a special occasion. Whenever I was at the K Club, I was the head pro during the Ryder Cup and I watched that opening ceremony. And so I think a little bit of everything that I've experienced has come to the King's Cup. To, and that's what's making it so special. So that opening ceremony, I know people are sitting there, they're being inspired by the golf's greatest, yeah. Jack Nicholas, Padraig. So it means so much to them. And, you know, we have Glenn Muir who dressed the players. You know, they're, they're standing there smart. They looked so well this year. It was really good. And and that's what's really created the, the buzz. I think a little bit of everything that I've experienced, knowing what, what it'll mean to those players, and we've put it into this event. So how did a little girl from Tyrone get involved in golf? Ah, for me, I was a, I was a bit of a tomboy, you know. And, Never. Uh, <laughs> I actually played football, soccer a bit as well on the street. I can do 384 kick-ups. Yeah, they had, they, had, they, had, they, had, they had to... Katie McKay beat your heart out. I had to stop because I, I was out doing it. All the kids in the street were, were shouting and roaring and cheering me on. My mum came out, she's like, get you in for your dinner. <laughs> so I had to stop. But no, I, I loved all sports. Mm. And we lived beside the golf course. And we used to jump over a neighbour's wall and we were on the third fairway of Straban Golf Club. Yeah, I was, a to I was a tomboy. I mean, I have beautiful pictures in my scrapbook of, you know, 36 guys and there's me sitting in the middle of them with a, a little trophy but trailblazer and my brother's a golf professional so Liam played and then uh, 
it was kind of all in the family, uh, my aunts and uncles. Strabane Golf Club had a fantastic program, one of the best I've ever seen. They had a junior cup and a winter cup and what they did was they paired, say like if I was seven, they mm. paired me up with like a 15 year old. So you went out playing every Saturday matches. I grew to love it and then as I say, when I was 13, actually when I was 12, I was invited to go to Port Rush to play a tournament and the selectors wanted to put me on for uh, the Ulster team and they decided not to put me on because they thought I was too young. This is the under 18 team. But they asked my parents, could they bring me to the event? And the event was being played at the Curra. And then after the Curra, they had another tournament and they announced the Irish team. And so I just turned 13. I got picked for Ireland. And so I played for Ireland before I played for Ulster. (laughs) But you just go with the flow, you know. I mean, we travelled all around Ireland. I credit to my parents, you know, travelled. So they were here last week. Yeah, Yeah. and they they helped me out with this event. But like the mileage we did on our car, going from every to trials all around Ulster and then down to Mallow Cork and over to Enniscrone. Endless hours in the car as a juvenile playing golf. Don't, don't ever remember a summer at home between the age of 13 and 18. Do you love now looking at people like Leona Maguire as a woman, and obviously then as a fellow Ulster person as well, but as a woman and seeing her just become something? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's fantastic. Anybody in sport, you know, um, but Leona, I, I have to say, I, I have real admiration for her you know there was two sisters there playing yeah. golf for many years i mean they're both great but she's really really worked hard at it and that's that's one thing i've noticed about uh, the sport is that you don't have to be the greatest player in the world but those who put in the hours dedication yeah. dedication it, it seems to really help them come out on top you know like i've great admiration for a fellow pga professional uh, hazel kavanagh hazel was never the greatest player in the world as a, an amateur i mean she'd hate me for saying that but she, she was good but she wasn't the great but she worked at it she worked at it worked and next thing she is doing really well in the european tour and she won one of the pga events here and um, that no lady had one before so and we just want to see more we've got to try and grow the great game and get more but i think now we're beginning to see a lot more of the personalities because you know social media and stuff like that you know when i was back playing i didn't even have a phone really to take any pictures but you know or if you had them you had to get them developed in the chemist yeah you had to you know so they're lying about the house mm. somewhere and, and i'll be looking closely at olivia mahaffey i've been watching her amateur career um she's a great player but you know what i love about her denise is her personality i mean she is fantastic and she smiles away she's out in America at the minute playing and uh, she, she'll she be one to watch in I was the future I she went to watch she you're all about the dedication and last week when we were reading about Seamus Power and how he has just jumped up the ranks but it is all about that dedication and just keeping at it keeping at it same with Shane Lowry keep grinding away and, and, and never never giving up you know and uh, you know if, if you have the belief that's the, that's the most important thing and uh, yeah Seamus Power is just I think he's just brilliant you know all of a sudden never heard of him yeah. and then bang there he is and I'm sure the guys would have known him from the amateur golf yeah. if he followed the male yeah. amateur golf but I hadn't been and uh, who is this guy who is this guy keen to be watching his career in the future and great to have um, Shane Lowry there too the, the boys are great and look at Podrick this week. Like Podrick, yeah. <laughs> oh brilliant I mean like he's still got it and he's a great person as well and he's so kind with his time so uh no, we're, we're very fortunate in Ireland to, ha- to have all these guys. You're very much your own person, but is there some person that maybe down to the years or even now that you look up to and you, you know, you take something from them? I don't really have somebody that I that I look up to. I, I Well, I, I look up to my mother and she's an amazing woman. Uh, I, I do. Um, and and uh, You're very like her. She's, she's really helped me in, the, in my career and just in decision making in general. And then I've been very fortunate to work with great people. I worked with one of the great, greatest PGA pros when I was doing my training. Um, unfortunately, he's passed away now, but Michael Doherty was a great uh, mentor to me. Um, you know, he actually won Millennium PGA Pro 
of the year for UK and Ireland. That was a big, you know, that's like your club professional. But Michael just taught me so much. And, uh, you know, when I was doing my final exams, I, I would never have gotten through them without him because he taught me things in club making that you don't have to do nowadays. But when I was taking my exams, I, I got the worst, uh, you know, I had to fix the old persimmon-headed drivers. And, and you know, a lot of the stuff wasn't in textbook, you know, in the, in the, in the book, the manual. But Michael had thankfully taught me and I was able to c- complete all the tasks that, that were given to me. So uh, I, I absolutely love that, John. And, and a lot of people do, and they've actually written a book about him over the past couple of years. So, uh, you know, definitely I've been inspired by, by some of the great. Director of golf, the title says it all, but what does it entail? Just basically overseeing everything, is it? Yeah, it's overseeing er- everything golf. And you usually see a director of golf at somewhere like here, like a resort-style property. Um, you know, there's if you put it into different categories, you would have the membership, overseeing the membership and trying to grow the membership. A big job for me would be just monitoring um, the volume of business and growing the business. Being that, you know, person that people can interact with. You've got a driving range here. It's it's, it's on the go every day, seven days a week. So I've got a, a team that look after that. And then we've got the retail side of the golf shop. And it's really nice. I, I love the job because we're really looking after the Irish market. But last week here as well, we had people from Switzerland, Germany, France and to see them coming in and then afterwards like we've invested a lot of money here in Glasson I mean the hotel you can see your surroundings here are just fantastic and then the golf course we've spent a lot of money so it's not just a game of golf like it's, it's a real wow factor experience and um, sure isn't it great for the Midlands like, like you oh. know if, if this is going to draw if a place like here is going to draw people from like seriously I had to st- start saying to staff keep logging because you can do that on our booking system keep logging where they're from because everybody that was coming through the doors last week were, were from Europe and, uh, and and America which is great I'm from Granite which is only about 40 minutes down the road and I had never been here until last week and even talking to the Irish boys they were saying that they're going to come back up here again and, because I always try and sell the Midlands you know you have to come and experience it don't you really there's so much to like you have the beautiful resort here and you have the heated swimming pool outside like where would you get it you know but it's just fantastic what we have here but last week when we had the King's Cup here we went down into town right so I went down early to, to make sure everything was okay and I went down maybe midday into Sean's Bar uh, the oldest pub in Ireland and I had to stand there I, I couldn't have a pint or anything I would have loved to have sat down I just looked around me and it was full of American people like at 12 o'clock during the day and I just thought that was fantastic people talk about going to places like Killarney or, and they're, they're fantastic places but I have to say here in the Midlands there's something it's like a food destination like there's great restaurants brilliant restaurants and, it's and great it's a lake district yeah. isn't it really yeah sure the members they bought me a, a life jacket because <laughs> I've been going out in the lake so much like we have the boats here that we can hire out the little four mm. horsepower ones so I'll go out there in the lake go around the wee island come back in in an evening and uh, I, I just love it it's great is that then how Lynn McCool relaxes or do you find time to relax? No, I definitely do. I mean, I've made a point over the last number of years um, to make sure that I, I take time out. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm married to Sean and I've got to make sure I get up home there for a few days and, you know, we'll, we'll plan something. I, I love the ocean. I love going watching surfing. And I, I don't know. I lived in Hawaii for a number of years. I don't Have know. you tried it? I, I did. I tried it in Hawaii. And believe it or not, I was being watched by one of my professors who came down and grabbed me and said you're not to do that again because when you were trying to get out to the waves they could throw you back and obviously I was their number one player in golf and they didn't want me to get injured they didn't want me to get injured so I never tried it after that again we're telling us all it was like I said to you forget about a podcast we could write a book on Lynn McCool and some of the stories I'm just thinking back to the greens here and greenkeeper and anything happened to you when you were a greenkeeper here did anything happen to me when I was a greenkeeper here oh yeah I I was trying to think when was I a greenkeeper Uh, yeah well when you were helping them out during COVID yeah, so during lockdown, um, you know, we have a small team here and uh, let's just say there's a lovely big John Deere machine there, but um, yeah. Went up in flames. Your career, sorry, as a greenkeeper went up in flames. Can you just went up in flames, but sure, we're, I'll, I'll never get back on one again. Leave it to the professionals. You mentioned Obama and I was like, is there anyone that this woman hasn't met? I met Obama. That was very special. That was during the G8 summit at, uh, at Lockerne, and um, I knew I knew a, a, a government politician, um, actually through Mr. Palmer, Tom Ridge, and I knew that Obama was coming to to Lockerne, and 
and he had written to me to say well that he knows about you and, and stuff so that was fine and then I stood- knows about you <laughs> well they knew everything about me they knew more about me than I knew about myself and that's wow. yeah but the secret service were there and uh, they wanted to buy a hat and I said to them I'll sell you a hat if you tell somebody something important about me and they said what and I said that and they said well he already knows and they said you went to the same school and I said no we didn't and they said yes you did you went to the same school and I went no we didn't and I, I said he went to university in Chicago I went to university of Hawaii and they said you went to the same school and I went what's going on and then I realized what it was right so when I used to play golf for the college I used to miss so many days of school that at weekends I had to go to Punahou High School to make up points and that's where he went to high school I nearly dropped when they said that to me so Obama could tell everyone he went to school with him too. <laughs> yeah well I have to say he was a gentleman I'll never forget whenever we were watching him walking down and one of the Secret Service Mervyn shouted over to him Mr President there's Lynn from Hawaii and he came walking straight over and we have it all on uh, camera Peter Souza took all the pictures and, and, he, and the first question he asked me he says well young lady how did you enjoy living in my hometown and then we talked about my favourite beach and then we talked a bit about the golf course and it wasn't just like a hello how are you it was, it was really a nice conversation Isn't it amazing to think that when you started off playing golf as a youngster that it gave you so many opportunities and you were able to go abroad to go to college and play the game that you love. Yeah, I mean, I was one of the first ones to go to college. I don't know if it went down very well with the, the Irish Golfing Union at the time, but now they love the girls to go. Yeah, I was 17, got on that plane, and massive opportunity and you know I knew I was going to do that from the age of 13 when I played for Ireland because I'd met scouts and I told nobody and when I turned 16 I wrote to 20 colleges and back then there was no email it was post and it used to take 14 days sounds like I'm really old doesn't it? But it no but literally it was only a couple of years yeah. ago technically it was really so it used to take 14 days for a letter to come so in between the 14 days I got a phone call from a Japanese gentleman George Sechi who was the coach at University of Hawaii and by the time the 14 days were up I had already signed with Hawaii and the next thing all these letters flooded through from Stanford and Wake Forest and everywhere like that but I had made my commitment and it was brilliant like and you know I got to travel every well a lot of the states in the west coast of America very fortunate I played with Annika most weeks actually Annika Sorensen best lady golfer ever and she played for University of Arizona she was number one for them I was number one for Hawaii and whatever happened we always seemed to be paired together so I never put on studies or anything in my CV I just write life experience because it was just tremendous it was brilliant that's what it's all about I'm sure now if some young golfer wanted to go into it like 13 years of age or whatever like yourself is that what you tell them basically life experience dedication are they the things that you would say to them oh very much so and uh, you know you've just got to enjoy every moment of it we have a fantastic young player here you know uh, Olivia Costello she's also a member of Roscommon absolutely brilliant playing off a plus two handicap now there's another girl to watch and she was here practicing all the time she's superb beautiful young tall young lady uh, she'll, she'll be fantastic so I get to speak to her now and again but if I was encouraging any of them I would just say you know enjoy every moment of it and also uh, one thing I would be saying to people is look around your surroundings I look back and sometimes when I was playing especially on the pro circuit I couldn't have told you where I was. All I wanted to be on the golf course and, and playing golf and probably using up too much energy focusing on winning or trying to win instead of being out maybe if you're in Thailand going to the orchid farm and seeing all the beautiful orchids and different things and going, going one of the elephant raids and stuff like that. And, and, and that's what I would say to people is if you can find that balance you know to, to look at where you are and, and take it all in instead of consuming up energy thinking about something that you don't have control of at the time as you get older as you said life experience I my mean, mother would always say things happen for a reason if it's meant to be it'll be and it's only now I'm realising how true she was yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, that's the thing you know you can't control what, what isn't happening at the time so so that's that's the only one thing I, w- I would be thinking of because I, I've travelled many many countries but I can tell you and a lot of golf pros will tell you this as well I know the hotel and I know the golf course I do know when I travel I try and get out and engage with the people and the local people and finding out as much about an area when I travel to it my dad used to do that on holidays whereas we'd go to the beach whereas my dad would walk around I was talking to such a bio and yeah, yeah. 
and then they'd be on the street later on you'd all be walking there going, hey Mick how you doing yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. that'd be Irishman yeah. yeah you're from Tyrone so obviously mm. Gaelic football what other sports as you said yourself you're a bit of a tomboy remind me of myself <laughs> I would have played every sport I would have even played darts I was just man I used to just go and I'd be out in the street all the time and you know and, and would you still now would you watch those oh, sure, I have to watch Tyrone of course I have to watch Tyrone I was up there the other night in uh, Ahar watching Sigerson's uh, under 19s Aye, well, we, we had a great time there because Sigerson won in the last few seconds but my nephew Ronan plays he's 15 years of age and he's playing for the under 19s so he's, uh, he's on the Tyrone panel as well for the under 16s so uh, we're getting a bit of an enjoyment now watching that because yeah, when I was younger the, nobody wanted girls to be playing football GA you wouldn't have had a, a hope oh no but, even uh, being involved at club level uh, you know there's positions but now you're looking ahead now and you're just thinking that like the ladies is probably the fastest growing sport ladies football gaily football in, in the country yeah and that goes for golf as well yeah. it's the fastest growing sector of golf is, is women in, in, in golf I mean that's that's just great to see you know that everybody's getting to enjoy sport and, and I do have a it's not a I wouldn't say a sport but I have a real big interest in greyhounds as well I used to own two uh, my grandfather built you uh, surprise me all the time <laughs> in pool well my grandfather built Lifford Greyhound Stadium so as a youngster we all hung about there and uh, until they sold it and, and then we, we were all in our careers and our parents were wanting out of uh, yeah. you know my, my uncles my aunties and mum and dad so but I had two greyhounds yeah one was called Callaway Lady and the other one was called Hello Blondie so I used to put a wee fiver on them now and again gosh I would never have then I suppose as I get to know you now and um, you just surprise me in, <laughs> in what you do so it would not surprise me now with you with the greyhound uh, well it's, it, I haven't been uh, watching the dogs or anything like that or owned a dog for There's years a now in Mullingar there and, is yeah, uh, around the country and um, they're trying to get the one up opened up again in Lifford that's mm. where my grandfather built and um, they're trying to get that up and running again and, and uh, if they do that now you might see me back at the dogs on a Saturday night I think the Americans when we were talking to them last week and obviously we're showing them Gaelic football and hurling and we're telling them the girls play as well but for such a small country when you do sit down how we compete and all the sports that we have it's just we are one sporty little country oh definitely and like look at the hurling I think it's just brilliant I love the speed of the Gaelic and the, the hurling I, I watch the rugby and I, and I like watching soccer but I like more the Gaelic football now more than anything mm. between soccer and, mm. and um, then the hurling like um, just another level isn't it just, just something else and uh, I, I managed to know uh, DJ Kerry when he was at the K Club and you know the dedication he used to even put in practice in his golf I can't imagine what he was like on the on the field you know uh, yeah it's great to have so many sports definitely but the Americans were saying that, that they would love to go and I remember two of the lads that I was talking to and I was telling them that no there was no hurling mass again but there'll be Gaelic football so they were going to kind of keep an eye on that and it's just amazing that you know these guys came over some of them had never heard of any of our sports had never been in Ireland before and now all of a sudden want to come back and, and sample it well I mean it was lovely during the, the launches playing the, the, the hurling yeah. on the TV and, and watching and then it and someone plugging it out oh <laughs> well you see and then they had to get it back on again because they were loving it that much but I have to say that like our sports are fast and I, I've been to the sports in America like I used to go to the basketball games I used to go to the volleyball games and I used to go to the American football games and the American football one I just so slow yeah and so, they're all padded up and everything whereas yeah, our boys just just straight out there so that's why they were getting such I could hear them at the table they were getting so such Tom a Tom was telling out. them about Tom Brown was telling them about um, many scalps he got and teeth he'd missing and all this different thing and they couldn't believe that these guys would do it for the jersey and get up for work the next morning and, and girls as well and it was just that's always been the way and you you, you look at how many people follow it and you look at Croke Park and the crowds that go there and then you know and these guys are school teachers and everything and getting up on, on the Monday morning or whatever and going straight to work it's, it's a credit to them really it's well, we have to get Bud and Mangan or someone in next year to show the, the Americans when they come over you know how to play Gaelic football maybe yeah, we might we there's a few boys there now that I thought decent height they would suit now long for you know good or even rather now good full forwards like six foot six foot you four find a five. placement for them yeah. I think definitely we have to we have to engage the two sports uh, mm. next year that would be just so they'd love that you know all the Gaelic lads 
I've seen on Instagram that when they're not playing, you always see them some golf course around the place. Yeah. No, there's a lot of them that do play golf, and that that goes for every sport. You know, you know, you have the snooker players that play golf. Mm. It just golf seems to be a game where they get out there and truly relax, and it's not as fast paced and stuff like that. So, uh, but I would definitely, I would definitely be on to introduce something new next year and and have some form of involvement with with the the GA or the hurling. We'll come up with something we'll, definitely. We'll come up with a pl- we'll come, definitely. I'm just thinking of it. Remember, I even asking you, was it here again next year? And people have since asked me, are they able to go to it? And I was like, yeah, but you know, you don't need a ticket. Just come around and try and get out there. That it's free. Just please come down and. Yeah, and I mean, like working with sports talk and all that this year was really helping us get it out there. And that's that's the thing now. People will, are, you know, and, and we've been so thankful to to some of the newspapers who really get it, mm-hmm. gave a good coverage. And next year, it, it it would be great. You know, we had a bit of a small crowd this year, and I can see more and more people travelling. And, and we're right here in the centre of Ireland, so you know we're surrounded by lots of uh, golf courses uh, here in the Midlands. So I can definitely see more and more people. And it's it's open up to ladies now as well. But n- none of the ladies they nearly got through. Yeah. But they didn't they didn't make it onto the team. We had one lady last year on the American team. But I think as we see more and more of that as well, we start to get more of the spectators coming in to watch the the game. Because it is lovely, and I'm sure it is for the lads. You know when they're on the 18th hole and they're going for a putt or that that they, they can hear a crowd. Mm. Just something that makes it special. Well, I actually went out and watched the last day myself and believe it I know you were able to, well, kind of. Yeah, well, I had a little uh, strategy and uh, I thought it was hilarious because, as you know, Ireland were well down in the last day. And we day. won the final day. Yeah, and one of our Irish team was well down and we needed them to win. So McCool here decided to go and watch that match and um, somebody said to me, Lynn, we should really leave these people alone to play their golf. And I said, no, I'm following it because the Ireland team were starting to win. And the next thing, the American came up and hit my buggy and says, would you ever mind getting away? Stop watching us play golf. And I said, no, that's it gives me even more reason to yeah, sit Yeah, myself here. and Anna were thinking of what ways we could do to put them off. <laughs> I know, as I said, it was competition, but it was the best bit of banter. I've seen grown men there nearly become little boys again. Mm. And they were going to swap bags. And some of the Americans were invited to dinner in Jerry's house. And I was saying, like, this was, it was just beautiful. Yeah. It was like friendships were made. Oh, for sure. And they'll stay friends for an awful long time. And we, we had a group chat uh, for the Irish team and the messages that are coming in you know um, afterwards it's just it's just tremendous and I know that they see what what happens Denise is they they don't expect what's going to happen like they're out there at Dundrum House and Castle Rock and Donegal and Castle Warden and they're they're qualifying but they don't realise when they get on the team how we spoil them what we do for me it was just and I could see they they were just blown away my parents were there at the final dinner and they just kept saying to my parents like you know we didn't expect this at all we've been looked after since the moment we arrived that's what it's all about getting the team together and uh, what I could see next year though is we we start advertising and these lads won't tell anybody that's on at all because they'll all they'll all want to make the team yeah they'll all want to make the team yeah because Mike who captained America was here before and some guys who were their first year they were like trying you know qualify again for next year Um, that's that's their main aim now is to try and get on the team again for next year that's that's it and uh, you know we went out you know the Viking Mike boat on the Friday after. I know we were invited to it. Unfortunately, <laughs> I was away. Yeah. Well, we you out. made it. Yeah, I was the only Irish person who made it, and I went out. Well, in fairness, now that the lads had all booked out of the hotel and were on their way home, but the American guys were on that boat, and they were all trying every way to get back next year. They were just like saying, you know, what a great time they had, and you know, and and that's uh, now for me. I, I was smiling away, but I'm telling you, I'm going to be determined to get this Irish team to win next year. We have three all. You're a bit yeah. like me, you know, you're there, but you're like, gee, thinking, you're like, what can we do for next year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lynn McCool is going to have some strategies, is that it? We'll have some strategies, yeah. And, uh, you know, we have this world handicap system that's just been introduced over the last year or so. And I honestly feel it hasn't settled down in Ireland. I feel that... Because um, the Americans have, and some of their guys were way ahead on yeah, handicap. Yeah, yeah. And you see, I just don't know. My, my thinking is of it is we play a lot of Stableford points over here and I don't think it goes well with this Mm. new handicap system. I think they'll probably, you'll see now, maybe over the next six months there'll be a big review on that handicap system. I could be wrong, but I certainly know from 
the years that when we were winning, our players were quite strong and able to stand against these guys. The Americans were very much ahead this year. Um, but I have to say, you know, if you look at the singles, we talked about grinding earlier, the guts and determination oh of those Irish to get green points on the board. Uh, they they certainly they certainly did that. Or even lads day. were coming in and they're saying to me like, you know, how are we doing? And uh-huh. you know, after they were finished, we're checking them out to see how everyone was. We had a lovely story. I had a lovely story from my podcast last week. Johnny Morrissey mm-hmm. won his game on the Friday. His daughter was playing for Tipperary on the Saturday. Not only did she score two four, but she scored a last minute penalty that kept Tipperary in senior championship football next year. Um, so you know, the spirit that her dad showed on the Friday kind of. Yeah, well, I met him here on the Friday. Uh, before he headed up or on the Saturday before yeah. he had because he's actually stayed on the Friday night I was just looking and going how proud is he going up to watch his daughter you know so I can just say he was probably the lucky one for them you know so you're starting now well basically as soon as it was over you were planning for next year yeah I mean uh, it's looking like we're coming back to Glass and Lake House next year I'll back to here. the Midlands um, I was over in Bay Hill in January and they were asking me would I bring it back there so uh, I would gladly help you <laughs> I, would I would gladly <laughs> cover it no problem um, Oh, it was amazing when we went out there before. Uh, I think it will happen one day. I just don't think it'll be next year, but I think it'll probably the year after that. We will definitely look at uh, Tom. How sports one. talks budget? <laughs> we'll get Tom, Tom, and all the gang too. And listen, didn't Anna do a great job this year as well? Too? Yeah. She's, you know, the whole team. It was just a pleasure working with everybody and the whole. Oh, was and we all worked so well together. Mm, great. That was the great thing about it, and and you know having the crack with the Americans and Bob and I was slagging him off about you know what was he giving them tweet and that and we got Pat to smile loads so for <laughs> any of you that don't know Pat now we, he's one of the nicest guy deep down but we always have to try hard yeah. very serious So, and, and he's not really when you get to know him but he just has this face that we need to get that smile going but I did this year I managed to get it going a few times So, and he's a good guy they, those guys put an awful lot of work into yeah. the, the tournament and you know I think they just be relieved at the end of the week that it actually has taken place it's a big thing for them to bring you know yeah. they brought 35 people over here this year you know that's how many people they arranged the travel and everything and it's a big thing for them but I think on the last night we all looked at each other and said we did it and then it was right let's go again that's it I was like as soon as it was over I was like Tom are we doing it again next year uh, it's just I am hooked on it now well, you obviously have now the Open to look forward to as well yeah I go to the Open now on Saturday I'm going to be on the stand on Saturday so you know I'll be there with a few wee offers from Glass and Lake House for the, to play the golf course um, and then on Monday I'm going to head down to Adair Manor take a walk around that and uh, there's a lot of celebrities there and JP, you're more than welcome to come up next year. No problem. Yeah, Bring up a few hurries. Yeah, there's a, there's a seat there, and then you can leave a few white hats. <laughs> well, Bill Murray's going to be around, Bill so we Murray, can try and get yeah. Bill, you know, maybe. I think it's just fantastic what he's doing. I think it's just brilliant. I mean, if you look at the lineup of players that are going to be in Adair next week, fair juice, Tim. You know, we don't realise the amount of work that people put in. and Yeah, he worked hard to get where he is. You d- no, and it's lovely to see him giving, giving a bit back, mm. you know, and... Uh, He's done a fantastic job down there with the Dare Manor Golf Club and the golf course. Um, you know, obviously the hotel as well, but the golf course, like it's, it really is the Augusta of Ireland. I mean, I played it in the World Championship years ago. Uh, it's certainly moved on from then, and it's when I went back down to see it, I haven't played the new one, but I walked around it, and I was just like, wow, uh, this is something special. So, have you a favourite player? Are you allowed to? I love watching Tiger Woods. I absolutely love watching him. I just, I, it's just a pity now he's come to the yeah. end, almost the end of his career. So he was so good, and um, I, I like the shambo and I like, uh, I like the homeboys. Well, like course, Ma- yeah. Rory and and Shane and Podrick. And it's going to be interesting to see now with this new tour. I just can't get my head around now. I was actually going on. to ask you about that mm. I don't know I, I just at the start I thought wow this will never take off and then I'm looking at the players that are transferring over and, and you look at players who said that you know, no they would never do it for money and they're now yeah. doing it to kind of go and you know fair play to McElroy who was very vocal about yeah. it and you know and I'm sure they're, they're easily tempted you know but as somebody said the other day if it was money like so if the US Open was 1 million and a live tour was 4 million which one would you go for well a lot of people would go for the historical ones um, you know like the opens because they want the history and their, they want the, on their mantelpiece but it'll just be very very interesting and I hope it calms down to you but for the players you know and 
I hate to think that I may not be it's able to see some of yeah. the players that have gone on there. Like I just love Deshambo. I think he's great. People, he drives me mad. And I love Ian Poulter as well, you know, and and Lee Westwood. Yeah. I, I, you know, I won an award with Lee West uh, years ago when I was younger, and uh, and to think that he may not be playing on the PGA Tour is just mind-boggling. But I'm convinced they'll all have to work something out. Please God. Lynn, do you look into the future or kind of are you taking it every day? Obviously we have to look ahead to next year but as someone who is so into the golf and has put so much of your life into golf, what are you hoping for? Just kind of it to grow the way it is and more females or uh, the tournament. We I just want to make sure that every golfer in Ireland knows about it because when I see the smile in the people's faces that make it onto the team and they go, oh my gosh! And when we mention competition, higher handicap golfers and the older golfer tend to think, oh, I'm not good enough for that. Well, I can tell you, it's an Irish thing, isn't it? Yeah. Sometimes well, I can well. tell you one thing: I wouldn't have it an Irish team without those players so it's very important that uh, people realise that, that, that the the level of this tournament um, gives equal opportunity for everybody to get on that team so the scratch golfers aren't competing with the higher handicap golfers neither are the mid handicap golfers competing with the scratch golfers so they're all just competing against each other in their own divisions so my goal now uh, and I'm telling you I probably have to start working on it right away is to get out to the golf clubs and make sure that nobody misses this opportunity next year. And we're going to kick ass, are we? We're going to kick ass. We're going to do it. I am. I am determined. Like team talks, everything. To next year, we could start doing that. Yeah, again. to next year. Yeah, forget about Guinness. Another Guinness to Arctic. So our new slogan is now to next year. To next year. Yes. And get up, um, get out, make it happen. So looking ahead to next weekend in the TG Cahar Ladies All-Ireland Football Championship on Saturday in the Senior Championship quarterfinal Dublin take on Donegal at Park Sean McGeermada in Carrick and Shannon and in the relegation playoff in Bray Emmett's GA Club it's Monaghan against Waterford and both those games start at 2pm. In the other quarterfinal ties Cork take on Mayo in Cusick Park in Ennis at 3 o'clock. In a double header at Bordnamona O'Connor Park in Tullamore, Armagh play Kerry at 5 o'clock and at 7.15 reigning champions Meath play Galway. On Sunday in the Junior Championship semi-finals at half one in Lanlira it's Antrim against Carlow and in Kiltoom it's Fermanagh up against Limerick. In the intermediate semi-finals at 2pm at Cretyard GA Club it's the meeting of Roscommon and Wex while Claire play Leash at 3.30 in Kiltoom. So lots to look forward to. We also have underage games this week and we have the start of the Women's European Championships in soccer as well as Camogie. So it's busy on the sporting front. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Medell Healthcare. So until next week, Slong of Football.